Hello, welcome to Harmony UK, the podcast about the exciting world of British barbershop harmony singing. I'm John Beasley, and for a very special 10th edition of the podcast, we've come to meet some of the country's leading choruses based right here in the northwest of England. We are a very energetic chorus. We like to try and sing, like many choruses, a vast range of music. We've been referred to as the Band of Brothers, and I think it's uh, quite a, a good description. I've just been doing the sums. You must have started singing Barbershop when you were nine. Yes, I did. This region really is Barbershop Central. We'll be talking to gold medal winners, to pioneers, to the new generation of barbershoppers, and to singers who've gone out from the Northwest to compete at the top level around the world. The Americans love the Brits. They love the British accents. They love the British sense of humour. It's a goal, partly. So you focus on something. You want to do the best you can at these events. They used to fly us to Holland and do a show for the weekend and fly us back again and say so it was rather like being a superstar. And we'll also be asking what is it about the North West which produces such an extraordinary enthusiasm for singing and such a rich crop of choruses. It must be in the bread or, or the water. <laughs> do you know what? I really don't know. I remember the first time I went to a supermarket, people started talking to me in the queue up here. And down south, no one talks to anybody. I know it's a bit of a cliché when people talk about the north of England having a very strong sense of community and people having a very strong sense of identification with place. But maybe that is part of it. So let's begin in Cheshire, in the town of Warrington, on a Thursday evening. We're in the large hall of a primary school where between 60 and 70 women are just beginning their warm-up before an evening rehearsal. These are the ladies of the Cheshire Chord Company, one of the most successful female a cappella choruses in the country. They've been National Ladies Barbershop Chorus Champion seven times. My name's Jo Braham and I'm the musical director of Cheshire Chord Company. We are a very energetic chorus. We like to try and sing, like many choruses, a vast range of music from traditional barbershop right up to modern barbershop to modern pop style. We do a little bit of Motown, we've got a little bit of elbow, you know, and try to really look at the genre and and see how many different kind of musical styles fit in there and you get a good feel really for how what the chorus likes in terms of how quick they learn it as well.
and Cheshire Court have been building a reputation well beyond the world of barbershop. The North Wales Choral Festival, the Llangollen Eisteddfod, the Pontefract Music Festival, the Majestic Open Choir Festival. Their website states with some pride that in every national contest they've entered, Cheshire Court has taken either gold, silver or bronze. So, among all those contests, all the different musical styles sung by the chorus, how important is Barbershop? I think Barbershop always has to be there in one form or another. I mean, I think the, the traditional Barbershop style always has to remain and it's certainly something that's very dear to me and, um, and, and will remain within Cheshire Coal Company. But it's really nice to diversify and go out to, to other kinds of music, religious music, um, because then, you know, the audiences that you sing to, there's always going to be something in there that they like. I think you have to think about your audiences and the kind of venues you sing at. You know, I think people like to hear things that they're familiar with. They like to hear choral type music, religious music, you know, um, and different styles in the barbershop style. Cheshire Chord was formed in 1993, and some of their singers have built up many years' experience with other choruses and quartets. But they also attract their fair share of novice singers. Caroline Rushton was trained as a chemist and works for a local industrial concern. She joined the bass section of Cheshire Court in January 2016. A friend of mine, Kath Whitehouse, who's also, um, she's actually the section leader of the bass section. Uh, her son and my son played football together, so we, we spent about three years on the sidelines of football matches um, with Kath telling me all about her adventures with Cheshire Cord and me wishing that I could do it. Uh, and then I kind of realised that actually it was only up to me to, to just do it. So rather than uh, stick doing the things that the kids were doing or my husband was doing, I could actually have something for myself and this is definitely that. It's the community of it. I mean, I, whenever I tell people about it, I describe it as being in the grown-up brownies because there's no airs and graces, there's no titles, um, there's no judgment. Uh, you are who you are, you bring what you bring, and every individual here is just trying to get that little bit better every time that they come to chorus. But it's the friendship and the support. We've been through some terrible times. Uh, we've had terrible things happen to individual chorus members or, or us as a chorus. And uh, we've also shared some incredibly joyous times as well. Um, so it's, you know, it, it's a world away from the world. Those sentiments about friendship are echoed 20 miles away in Bolton at another of the region's leading choruses. Gentlemen, can I just have a quick word? I have a rather beautiful double-breasted tuxedo. Uh, it's a personal one that hardly has any use that I need to get rid of. Everyone's like-minded and everyone wants to improve themselves and the camaraderie is fantastic. It's like a big bunch of brothers really, as opposed to uh, just a chorus. It is, we've been referred to as the band of brothers and I think it's uh, quite a, a good description. Chris Shepherd and Joe Cunningham, the youngest and oldest members of the Cottontown Chorus. Cottontown have achieved gold at the National British Association of Barbershop Singers Men's Chorus Competition six times since 2005, and they've competed three times at the international competition in the US.
But success was a long time coming. Mick Dargan is a former chorus director who's now the assistant to the current MD, Neil Firth. Mick has been singing with Cotton Town for 37 years. I was working behind a bar in a local conservative club and they were having a a lounge opened in the downstairs area that had always been a, a bit of a waste ground uh, up until this point. And Fred Dibner, the local steeplejacking celebrity... The man who blew up chimneys on telly. Uh, he didn't blow them up, he pulled them down. I beg your pardon, <laughs> sorry, stand corrected. And he was the guest speaker, and the Cotton Town Chorus were the guest musical act. I think there were probably about ten of them. And if I'm dead honest... By today's standard, they weren't that fantastic, but boy, I just instantly fell in love with the sound of four-part harmony. I first saw them on the Saturday night, on the Tuesday night, I went and joined a practice. I was taken down by one of my neighbours who just happened to sing with a chorus. And on the Thursday night, so less than a week after I'd first heard them, I was appearing on stage, frontline centre man, in my first sing-out, not knowing any of the songs bar one, and that was Danny Boy, and I only knew that one because we'd spent all Tuesday night learning it on the one practice that I'd attended. Something we don't do these days, people come along and it can take probably five or six months at their chosen speed. If, if somebody wants to learn the entire repertoire in three months, then fantastic. But we've got such a diverse repertoire that it probably takes about five or six months of hard slog from joining us to actually getting to sing on the risers. Rehearsals can be pretty rigorous. This song, an arrangement of Billy Joel's lullaby, is used as a final part of the chorus warm-up. And the night that I was there, the chorus spent half an hour perfecting a tag which many of us in other barbershop groups would no doubt have learned, sung and probably dispensed with in about ten minutes. Uh, the musical director of Cotton Town Chorus, Neil Firth, explains. We always like to start at the beginning with a tag um, because after the warm-up, the, and as part of the warm-up, the important thing so that we have a really good rehearsal is the, the level of detail. So even putting it into something as simple as a tag means that the guys are really, really focused and aiming at a higher level for the rest of the rehearsal. So it really sets the standard and, and that's why we, we take that care. Rigor is a quality that Cottontown and Cheshire Chord share with our third leading Northwestern chorus. In a very spacious rehearsal suite at Marple, a few miles from Stockport, a group of new recruits to Heartbeat Chorus are having their own separate sessions on repertoire and performance skills before they join the start of the main chorus rehearsal. 
Upbeat are a member of Sweet Adeline's Region 31. In 2015, they won the regional chorus title for the first time. And the following year in Las Vegas, they were ranked 19th in the world at the Sweet Adeline's International Contest. It's pretty impressive for a chorus founded less than 20 years ago, where the six original members met to practice in the home of one of the founders. My name is Nancy Kelsall and I'm the musical director of Heartbeat Chorus. It was started by Leslie Carson and she was wonderful, found a director and took the chorus from strength to strength really. She left five years ago and I took over then. We've, we've been about 70, 60, 70 members but this year we did a recruitment drive. 30 people came to sing with us on a show in Buxton for, and that was the opportunity for them just to sing one song with us on a show in Buxton and uh, 15 of them stayed. So, uh, so we're now at about 85, which is amazing. That is incredible and says something about the chorus, doesn't it? Yes, yeah. It's got a, it's got a particular vibe, I think. We make sure it's really friendly, really community-based. We work hard and we get great coaching. But it's really about singing in a group of friends and, and being that nice community as well. The song Cabaret, which Heartbeat performed as part of their winning Region 31 set in 2015. It's a number which could be seen as especially appropriate for one of the chorus's singers. I'm Edith Marie Taylor. I'm retired. I've been a, a dancer and singer since I was 11. I was originally from Blackpool and I was in the Blackpool Town Valley there. And um, my parents, my mother and all my family were theatrical. They were on the stage in Blackpool as well. Given your background with the Tower Ballet and your work in Blackpool and the entertainment business there, what do you think you bring to a chorus like this? Well, hopefully a bit of um, charisma. You know, I like to dance, I like, I love to sing. I think I'm quite a natural mover, hopefully. I don't think age has anything to do with it, really. It's what you are, you know. Age doesn't come into it, I don't think. Edith Marie is 80 years old, but she's by no means the only member of the chorus to have had such an early introduction to performance. I'm Sarah Cole, I'm 27, I've been in barbershop 18 years now. Uh, 
always with Heartbeat Chorus. I work full-time as a nursery nurse and then in my spare time, barbershop, barbershop, barbershop. I, I, I've just been doing the sums. You must have started singing barbershop when you were nine. Yes, I did. How did that come about? Uh, I actually joined through, my next door neighbour used to be within Heartbeat Chorus and then they went in to make their own new chorus, so. And, and, and how, did, how did the other people sort of take to a nine-year-old in the chorus? Uh, fine, yeah, they all used to say I was mature for my age, so yeah. What part did you sing? At bass. You were singing bass at nine? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. And yeah. you're now singing bass with uh, Finesse with the Quartet? Finesse, yes. And on the way to Las Vegas very soon? We are, yes, two weeks tomorrow. We fly out and we will compete on Wednesday the 11th of October. Well, good luck with that. It, Thank it, you. it is quite a demanding thing, isn't it, to appear as a quartet at Sweet Headlines? Tell us about it. It is, really, yeah. So in the semi-finals, you take uh, two songs, and if you make it through to the finals, which Finesse have been in the finals quite a few times, they're currently fourth in the world, um, we will have to do a 20-minute entertainment package. With So we're taking three songs and then the whole talk and the jokes and everything as well. Sarah Cole there, who joined Finesse earlier this year as the quartet's new bass. And as you'll have gathered, we were speaking before the tragic events which so sadly brought Las Vegas to the world's attention at the start of October. On their Facebook page, Finesse posted this message. As we prepared with much excitement to head off to Vegas on Friday, a city that we've become familiar with over the past couple of years, our feelings, of course, now turn to horror and sadness at what has happened there. Our thoughts and prayers are with the people of Las Vegas, the victims and those that have lost loved ones in this senseless attack. Well, the world continues to turn, and the contest will take place. Uh, We wish Finesse all the best for their performance. Here is the quartet recorded in the final of the same competition back in 2015. The Quartet Finesse performing at Sweet Adeline's International in 2015, the song If I Give My Heart to You. Well, so far in this 10th edition of Harmony UK podcast, uh, we've been concentrating on the big, successful barbershop groups based in communities around the northwest of England. But in the heart of Manchester, a new group sprang up five years ago among university students. As we record, it's Freshers' Week, and the Manchester University barbershop singers are recruiting once again. Let's go and meet them. Give 
my name's Matt Thomas. I am the current musical director for the Manchester University Barbershop Singers. I'm kind of two-handing it this year. Um, I'm directing Manchunian Way, which is our men's competing chorus. So this is going to be our fifth year at convention. Uh, I'm also um, directing for the first time our women's chorus, Ultraviolet, uh, with Courtney Levy, who can't be here today. The society was um, created by Antoine Kaiserman of the Emerald Guards, and he got it going in its original years. And then by the time that I started, I started University of Manchester in 2012. It was in the hands of uh, Ben Ferguson, James Gower Smith, Rob Foote and Chris Langworthy from Tagline and they sort of got me involved and in the five subsequent years I've sort of gotten gradually more and more involved. We've got a lot of people who've been sort of developed over that long period of time who are just sort of boomerangs, they keep coming back to Mubs in a nice kind of way, we just can't seem to let it go. You mentioned Antoine Kaiserman, you mentioned the members of Tagline, these are people who've had a great deal of success in barbershop, to what do you put that down? Um, beautiful, beautiful cheekbones. Um, great arrangers. The Manchester and the Northwest barbershop scene is also pretty fruitful. Prominently, whenever I first started, we partnered with Hallmark of Harmony on their project Horizon, and uh, we've sort of tried to keep that going with some of our members. And we're also working quite closely with Cotton Town, who are just down the road, uh, and Crystal Chords for the girls' chorus. We're going to see them for their dress rehearsal in a couple of weeks. Sounds absolutely amazing. You have a quartet here as well, uh, guys. Do you want to tell us who you are? Sure, uh, my name's Sam. I'm the only, the only person here who has, has actually never been a student at Manchester. I'm just drawn to barbershop like a moth to a flame. And <laughs> how does that work then? How do you how do you become a member of Mubs if you're not a student here? Well, I, I'm not a member of Mubs really. I, I've sung with the chorus on stage in the past, and so many of the members of the, of the chorus, you know, both past and present, are still very good friends of mine. So I'm I'm just here to help out with the Freshers' Fair to kind of give back a little bit, having lots of fun. And what part do you sing? Uh, tenor mainly, baritone, like top three really, not bass. Okay. <laughs> and, and and the other. Three? Um, so I'm Kieran. I'm the current chairman of Manchester University Barbershop Singers. And just to answer a previous question that you gave to Sam, we, we open up the society to people that are not students specifically, so we can get a, a wider range of people that may be interested. We don't want to lock other people out and just have students. Trying to get students to do you know anything extracurricular, uh, you know, specifically barbershop singing themselves is quite hard. You know, they want to spend the, their free time drinking and such. So we want to get the chorus out there and, 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 and bigger so we don't stick to just having students. So we do open it up a, a lot further out. So in the past, we have had a couple of people from Hallmark of Harmony, Cotton Town that have come to sing with us. So, you know, when we perform in the streets, like we've been doing for the past couple of days, people have been coming past saying, oh, I'm not a student. And we've been like, don't worry, it's, you know, it's not a problem. You, you, you're more than welcome to come sing with us. And roughly how many people have you got signed up so far this year? So last convention in, in the May just gone, we had 15 on stage, but so far we've had roughly 70 emails that have been uh, written down onto our sign-up sheet. And that's just the people that have they've put their emails down. That's not including people that have walked past whilst listening to us sing and taking the flyers. So we, we hope that we can we can get um, you know a really a really big chorus this year. That's 70 split between uh, male and female because obviously we have a, a female chorus as well, ultraviolet. And we have two two more people here in the quartet. Uh, yeah, my name's Richard. I'm the tenor section leader, as far as I'm aware. <laughs> one, of, <laughs> one of the only tenors really at the moment. Uh, hoping to have a few more of them uh, this year. Does that mean that you're a tenor section leader in a tenor section of one? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Ah, right. <laughs> As per, I guess. Uh, my name's Elliot. I'm uh, a bass, not quite a section leader, but uh, I'm also the secretary of the committee for MUBS. Can I just ask you, those of you who are students, are you all from a musical background? Are you studying at the music school or are you doing other things? So I don't study music, I actually study pharmacy. I do have a little bit of a musical background, I play piano and I used to sing when I was a lot younger. Got up to my A-levels and decided I really wanted to study A-level music. 
but I also studied chemistry and biology as well, so it's a bit of a strange mix. And then from my A-level music, I studied a jazz unit um, and ragtime, and that's how I found out about barbershop a little bit more from uh, you know from researching these these different areas. And then I decided when I was coming into pharmacy, I was looking around the different universities, and I actually applied to Manchester University because of the, the barbershop society that we had here. I really wanted to get into it, and. And I, I did, and I've lived it ever since. I've been here for three years, and now I've progressed my way up from uh, lead section leader. I've got myself into a quartet, Northern Quarter, and now I'm the current chairman. You are so Ben Ferguson directing the Manchester University Chorus Mantunian Way and leading them to a remarkable third place at their debut Babs convention. Inevitably, many of that year's chorus graduated and moved on. But next year, for their fifth anniversary, the club is inviting past members to return. Matt Thomas explains. Uh, yeah, essentially we have to rebuild the chorus from scratch every three years because we've got such a high turnover just because of the nature of it being a university. That means that we've cultivated a big list of alumni in that time, which is partly why we are encouraging everybody as part of Mancunian Reunion, hashtag, to come back and help us on stage for our fifth anniversary session. And, and when is that taking place? When, when are we going to see your, uh, your reunion? 
Uh, well, uh, Manchester Reunion is uh, mostly going to culminate with our competition performance. We're also going to record an album at the end of the year. So the process for getting involved in that sort of thing, we've sent a, mem- we've sent a message to all of our, um, our old singers. The process is we are running six weekend rehearsals over the course of um, the winter and spring term. Uh, and we're going to primarily focus on getting, first of all, our new members up to a, uh, a performable level. And then we're going to integrate all of our old members to really work hard on um, our new convention rep for fifth anniversary. And the hope is to wow us again at, at the next year's convention. Well, I don't want to disappoint you, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> A tag from members of Mubs, the Manchester University barbershop singers, who urge you to follow their anniversary plans under the hashtag Mantunian Reunion. And if you're a past or present singer with the women's chorus Ultraviolet, then I'm told that the chorus will be competing for the first time in the Manchester Amateur Choral Competition. Uh, They're hoping to get more involved with Labs events too, and there's at least one special arrangement planned for the fifth anniversary album, as well as some mixed voice tracks as well. A busy year then for Manchester University's male and female barbershoppers. But where does all this enthusiasm for singing come from here? in the northwest. Indeed, does this area really stand out from other parts of the UK? Well, while I was at Manchester University, I decided to seek out some expert opinion. I'm Caroline Bithell and I'm Professor of Ethnomusicology and Head of Music at the University of Manchester and I carry out research into all kinds of singing in oral traditions, particularly at the moment in Georgia in the Caucasus. If we talk about this part of the world first then, how, how rich is the, the tradition of singing in, in the northwest of England? Well, I think choral singing and amateur singing in general has got a very long history in the north of England. And a lot of it was connected um, back in the 19th century with educational movements, with the socialist movement, um, to some extent with the temperance movement, um, with reformist movements. Some of this was about creating opportunities for people to enjoy collective hobbies after work, um, after a hard day's work in the city or in the mills or whatever. Some of it was connected to healthy ways of spending your leisure time outside the public house. Um, Going out into nature and singing was very much part of the clarion movement, for example. And I know it's a bit of a cliche um, when people talk about the north of England having a very strong sense of community and people having a very strong sense of identification with place but maybe that is part of it there are so many different kinds of singing that have developed in the area I think what sort of types of singing are we likely to find then if we wander around Manchester at the moment Well, today you'd find a huge number of community choirs, so what are now called community choirs, and some of them grow out of the tradition of older political choirs. Some of them are part of a new movement that's connected, for example, with an organisation called the Natural Voice Network, and a fundamental tenet of the Natural Voice Network and other people running these choirs is that everybody has a voice, 
everybody has the right to have their voice heard and everybody can sing. So these choirs, like many of the barbershop choirs, don't require you to read music. And that's really important in terms of opening up the world of, of amateur singing to people who don't read music. So is it fair to say that for a lot of people coming to barbershop in this part of the world, and there are some very, very good choruses, perhaps they, they already have members of their family who have sung in, in other areas, perhaps it, it, it doesn't seem so strange? I think that's probably the case, yes, that people are used to hearing people singing and also hearing choirs singing not only in formal professional concert venues, but also singing in more informal venues, maybe out on the street. Um, a couple of other initiatives associated with this part of the world are the Street Choirs Festival, for instance, that grew out of the Street Bands Festival in, in Sheffield. And this brings choirs together from all over the country to different towns each year. And they sing on the street. They sing in libraries, museums, galleries. They sing in public spaces. And so they're making a very close connection with their audience, but in such a way that they're not being judged in quite the same way um, on their musical quality or whether people have got value for money having bought a ticket and that kind of thing. It's a formal community interaction, I think. You mentioned that a lot of people in these choirs don't have to read music, which is very mm. similar to barbershop. Are, are there other facets of some of these styles of singing which, uh, which would correspond with, with, with what barbershoppers might recognise? A lot of the the choirs that are open access that don't require people to read music, they don't require people to undertake an audition. Not surprisingly, perhaps, they're often using songs that come from the oral traditions of different cultures, not always from the British tradition, partly because there are not so many simple multi-part songs. We have a very strong ballad tradition. Um, and partly because some people, if they have had... Um, less than positive experiences of singing at school or whatever and they've been told they can't sing or they don't sing in tune or they can't join the choir they might have rather negative associations with singing in English whereas singing in another language often unlocks um, a voice that they didn't know was there and so people are often using songs from different parts of the world where the idea in the culture of which those songs are a part, has been to enable as many people as possible to participate. So the idea is that the more people who are joining in, the better, and you're singing for one another rather than singing for an audience who is not performing. And a lot of those songs then, when I ask people why they fell in love with South African songs or Georgian songs or Corsican songs, they often talk about the harmonies and they often talk about the buzz of singing in harmony with other people. And I think that's a very physical thing as well as a, a musical thing. So there are other people then who enjoy locking and ringing those chords as we do? Yes, I mean, maybe different chords, but working with voice placement, the timbre of the voice, working with harmonics in such a way that they get a similar ringing effect or beating effect. Um, in Georgian singing, for instance, I'm talking now about Georgia in the Caucasus, the former Soviet Republic. There are a lot of chords in three-part songs that um, would appear to someone who's trained in Western art music to be discordant. They're often clashing chords. People often have a 1-4-5 chord, for instance, um, where you've got very close intervals, but you've also got sort of perfect fifths where you get that ringing effect. And 
again with Bulgarian singing, these very close seconds, intervals of a second, very, very close, that are considered to be the high point of the song. And people talk about these um, harmonies ringing like bells and it's sort of making you vibrate all over your body and you sort of sharing that experience of getting a buzz out of singing. An example there of the traditional Georgian polyphonic singing that Professor Caroline Bithel was talking about. This recording was uploaded to YouTube by the UN's cultural organization UNESCO. And groups like this are indeed forging links with barbershop choruses. This October, the famous Swedish chorus 08 are performing in the Georgian capital Tbilisi as guests of a group of the country's traditional singers. 08 will be accompanied by their former director Doug Harrington. When I met him at Babs Harmony College recently, he told me more. We're going to be taking a trip together to Tbilisi in Georgia. In my last year as the director of Zero Eight, we did the Moscow Easter Festival over in Russia. And we, there were many choirs at that festival. And we met this fabulous choir there from Tbilisi. And they're called Zlavari is the name of the choir. And they are men and boys. And they dress in uh, traditional, uh, the old, uh, I'd say, battle clothing that they used to wear, like black tunics, and they have swords in their belts. And they sing this traditional, quite uh, shouty type of Georgian music. But their harmonies and their accuracy is so impressive, and they have such a different technique. They sing very, very open and throaty and quite full on, but they do have some quiet moments as well. We were so impressed with them. And uh, they happened to be very impressed with us as well. So after that festival, which was in 2014, I received an email from the choir, and uh, it was their manager and their director who were interested in me teaching them how 08 sings. And they wanted to have some 08 material to learn and to practice what we do. That culminated in them bringing me over to coach them. So I spent a week in Tbilisi, um, and I coached the the choir, absolutely fascinating experience. I've never experienced anything like that before. And we've just become quite good friends with them. I then retired from the choir, but before I left that trip in Tbilisi to go back home, the choir leader introduced me to Vato Kakidzi, his father, Jansung. His father is no longer living but he was a famous composer, famous director, and so his son Vado, he wanted Zero Eight to come over and he wanted us to do a festival there with the orchestra and with the real group. And he has the Manhattan Transfer there, he has uh, New York Voices, he has big groups there usually. Anyway, we couldn't make it for the time for that festival, but he then got the idea to bring us over for uh, this October. But he insisted that I direct, and I tried to tell him, listen, I'm not the director anymore, Rasmus Kriegström is now the director. Um, I don't know, it was something about respect. He knew me and he wanted me to direct, so I convinced him that Rasmus is the director, but that I would come over uh, as he requested as a director emeritus and a guest conductor. So Zero Eight is going. Uh, that's the uh, first weekend in October coming up, and I will be going as a guest conductor for a few numbers, and it's a magnificent hall we'll be performing in together.
Doug Harrington, from whom you can hear much more in our next podcast, which will be dedicated to European Barbershop and the forthcoming convention in Bournemouth. And while Swedish barbershoppers visit Georgia, members of the Cheshire Cord Company have performed this summer in Russia at the St. Petersburg a cappella festival. Uh, my son turned 18 the day we travelled and uh, my mum came with us too so we had a really special week. We met some wonderful people from the States and from other choruses that, around Russia as well but we also got to know a little bit more about each other. For bass Caroline Rushton it was her first trip with the chorus abroad. We were learning from each other and, and they moved us with their music and we moved them with our music and it was it's again it's that shared experience of coming off the stage or going on the stage and having those little moments of contact with each other where it's it doesn't matter that you've never met before people holding your hand and telling telling you how wonderful that was and how grateful that they could be there and experience that rehearsal um, in the Lutheran Church in St Petersburg we we had all the gathering of, of everybody that was performing that evening and it was our turn to rehearse and we sang a hymn a Welsh hymn called It Is Well and this song I, th I find quite moving myself but we were able to sing it with with such quietness towards the end of the song it was you could you could hear the traffic outside it was so quiet in in the room and uh, it, it moved us all really and and to see your MD at the point where she's very emotional directing you those, those moments don't come along very often and to share those in such a special location was really incredible for Cheshire Chord in St. Petersburg. And some of their neighbouring choruses are no strangers to international competition. This is Heartbeat at last year's Sweet Adeline's International Convention.
When I visited the chorus, they were preparing to travel to Cork and this year's Irish Association of Barbershop Singers contest. I asked the chorus director, Nancy Kelsall, about the benefits which come from taking part in international competition. It's a goal, partly, so you focus on something. You want to do the best you can at these events. So, you know, you have coaching. It raises the standard. People, you know, we work hard towards those goals. So it's great to have those goals. And we're going to Ireland. And we recently just had Claire Barnett-Jones, who's an opera singer and uh, a labs judge. She came and spent the weekend with us and worked on some sort of high-level singing tools. So it's a goal, but also it's the chance to see the best in the world when we went to Las Vegas just watching those choruses who are the top in the world and the creativity and how they sing live just is just so inspiring and you learn just from that. Inspiring yes but fun too says Mick Dargan from Cottontown Chorus. As the Babs 2016 Chorus champions they travelled last August to the US where they took 25th place at the international contest run by North America's Barbershop Harmony Society. This was one of their songs, Come Follow the Band. The Americans love the Brits. They love the British accents, they love the British sense of humour. And we we get invited to all their after contest parties and things like that. This year we went to Central Standards Party, Vocal Majorities Party, Masters of Harmonies Party. Everybody wants to include you because they all realise that whilst they are thousands of miles away from home, if they live in the Midwest, as Ambassadors of Harmony do, they're perhaps 1,500 miles away from home. They realise that we're more like six or 7,000 miles away from home in a different country, and they want to embrace us so that we feel a little bit welcome. And from successful choruses come successful quartets, none more so than the mix. Joe Braham and Andrea Day from Cheshire Chord, Nancy Kelsall and Sandra Lee Riley from Heartbeat. Their medal tally includes golds from Labs, the European Barbershop Convention of 2013 and Sweet Adeline's Region 31. Never was a romance girl, but look, look at me Cheshire Chord currently has singers on the risers from at least five active quartets. 
MD Joe Brain. We try and encourage quartet singing because the more people that sing in quartets, the better the chorus singing. And I think most directors would comment about that. I think what quartet singing does is increases the level of confidence of singers. And a, a lot of it goes on in the background. We also have an octet, which we've not heard yet, and we're going to hear them in a couple of weeks' time. So a lot of this goes on in the background, which is really great, but they know that they've got the support of the section leaders and the music team and myself and, and their colleagues if ever they need it. But I do think it, it helps towards the success of the chorus, definitely. And that experience, in the case of chorus bass Paula McEwen, goes all the way back to a Labs Quartet gold medal won in 1980. The quartet was called Concords and we were together for six years and we did, I think, 46 shows in our championship year, ending with a two-week tour of Canada. And at the end of our uh, year, we decided we'd like to make a, a long-playing LP, a, a vinyl, as it is now. So we got together with the men's quartet champions, 1980, and they did one side and we did another. So we had a thousand copies made and we took them to Canada and we'd queue up and we'd sign, like they'd sign CDs, we'd sign, uh, autograph the uh, LPs and, uh, and yeah, we had a fantastic time. It was a, a really novel thing to do in, in those days, I think. I was going to ask you about that because you you really were breaking new ground in Marbushop, well, we, weren't you? We were, and, and we did an octet. The boys uh, brought some arrangements back from America. So we did an octet of uh, a song called uh, Java Jive and So To Sleep Again. And this used to, we used to sort of go on each other's shows and do this and it used to bring the house down. It was really a, a sort of uh, a new thing. Uh, now it's done all the time, of course, you know, octets. And, but uh, back in 1980, 83, 84, it was a, a new thing and it used to be very popular. What about it in this country with, with audiences? I mean, they, presumably they were just intru being introduced to this by people like yourselves. Did you, did you feel like pioneers? Did they, did they get it from day one? I think so. I think we were very lucky. We, we sang on a lot of shows, a lot of the American visiting quartets. We, we obtained tips from them. It was just a whole different era that, than it is now. It was, I, th I think because we had a very deep sound, rather like a men's quartet, so there weren't many ladies quartets around like that so we, we got asked on to a lot of shows and, and we just carried on for six years like that and they used to fly us to Holland and do a show for the weekend and fly us back again and so it was rather like being a superstar. Paula McEwen formerly of the Concords. Well I did look online for recordings of the Concords and their male counterparts a quartet called Par 4. I, I couldn't find any uploads but I did find the LP on eBay it was uh, called 8UP and it was selling for £59.95. So if you own a vinyl pressing then it's becoming a collector's item. So far we've talked a lot about success but it's not always an unalloyed blessing. I've come to a church hall about half a mile from the centre of Stockport to join a very enjoyable and friendly rehearsal with around a dozen mostly veteran barbershoppers. These are the men of Rainy City Chorus, an aim inspired by the famously damp Manchester weather. Uh, there used to be more than 50 members of the chorus and in 1992 they won the Babs Chorus Gold Medal. Baritone Terry White was there. Oh yes, oh yes. Birmingham Symphony Hall, yes. Tell us about that. You know, we'd always been there or thereabouts. The previous four years, we'd been fourth, third, third, fourth. And uh, 
you know, but that particular year we made a, a push for it, got a talented assistant MD, Madeline Jury. You know, everything just uh, you know, clicked that year and uh, we were the last competing chorus. So we just, you know, we just had time to have the pictures taken back into find a, find a bit of space in the auditorium for the announcement. And uh, when it got to, they'd announced second and Bristol still hadn't been mentioned. We thought, oh no, we're fourth again. And then, and your champions are Ray and the place erupted. One of the half dozen best moments of my life, I suppose, yes. To my mind, one of the best parts about it was afterwards, everybody was falling over themselves to shake our hands because we'd put the slog in over the years. You know, we hadn't come from nowhere. You know, we'd put in the slog year after year after year. You know, so they knew that we deserved it. You know, and everybody, lads from Sheffield and Grand Central and, and what have you, you know, were fighting to sort of congratulate us, which was part of the, uh, the pleasure as well. Success, it seemed, proved a very difficult problem for Rainy City. It qualified us to compete at the following year's International, which was at, uh, in Calgary. And although we could sing wonderfully, we hadn't really got the infrastructure or the organisation to organise that, so we didn't compete at International. And John Batty, the MD, was a bit upset about that, went off to form an, another chorus. And then over the next two or three years, we had a succession of MDs who, for various reasons, sort of didn't last long. Members left. And, well, you know, these, these things happen. But, uh, I mean, we, we realised at, at the time, you know, the way, the way that Sheffield had repeated sort of alternate year after alternate year, what a, what a hard job that is to do. Coming back was something that we just... Um, couldn't manage. How does the chorus feel about competing now? Because I don't think we see you at Babs, do we? No, well, the last time we competed, oh, about 15 years ago, and I think we came last at prelims, and that was such a kick in the uh, guts that we decided we'd um, give, give it a, a rest. And what with one thing and another, it's just never been you know, quite the right moment, and with, with a gradual dwindling in numbers, that hasn't helped. When I get older, losing my head so many years from now, will you still be sending me a valentine, birthday greetings, bottle of wine, Rainy City now concentrates on local musical events where they still compete from time to time and they still attract new members. Neil Hamilton, who's standing in to direct this rehearsal, is a fairly recent recruit and at 42 he says he's the chorus's youngest member. Everybody was very friendly and I thought I'll just keep coming here. After the first week it just felt like the right place to be. I'm going through a difficult time at the moment, I'm going through a divorce, so I sort of I needed something to just stop me moping at home really and this has just been great it's been fantastic to meet people it's been fantastic to feel I can make a difference you know with helping out as well and I've really enjoyed learning about barbershop you know improving my my skills sort of harmonizing singing in tune all that sort of thing that we do it's been it's been great fun so that question once again why is it that so many people like Neil are drawn across the northwest 
to Barbershop. Cheshire Chords, Joe Braham. It must be in the bread or, or the water. <laughs> Do you know, I really don't know. The, the, the northwestern, in particular, sort of Cheshire and surrounding areas, um, you know, Stockport, Greater Manchester, Marple. Um, I'll, I'll miss somebody and they'll be cross with me. But, um, but in this area, yeah, there, there is a real high concentration. But also on top of that, there's lots of amateur dramatic societies, lots of other big choirs. There's so much on offer. There's, there's a real range of choral and singing activities. And yet we still manage to attract people into the barbershop world. And it's good that we've got a mix of sweet Adelines and Babs and Labs right across the board. But I don't know. I don't know. Because I'm actually, well, I'm actually from the Midlands. so. <laughs> but I've lived up north longer than I was in the Midlands now. So I consider myself an honorary northerner. Um, but it is great that we have lots of, uh, lots of groups in this area. And there are so many choruses making great music here from week to week, with so many evocative names. The ladies of Blackpool Soundwaves, Mersey Harmony, and, as they say, the small but mighty Milltown Sound Chorus. The men of Harmony Revival in Stockport, or the Grand National Chorus in Liverpool. In Cheshire, you'll find Crystal Chords and Cheshire a cappella, and in Lancashire, the Red Rose Chorus and the Red Rosettes. At Heartbeat, Nancy Kelsall believes there is a common thread running through the success of some of the leading women's choruses, and it's one which stretches across the Pennines. I think there's an interesting link, actually, between Joe Braham, the director of Cheshire Chord, and myself and Monica Funnell, who directs Crystal Chords, who were third in the country last year, in that we all came from the White Rosettes, based in Leeds, so there's obviously, you know, Yorkshire, Lancashire. Um, but I think that link and then Cheshire Chord was set up here out of the Liberty Bells. So I think there's actually a, a history of high level singing from those choruses with long histories like the White Rosettes and like Liberty Bells. And then you've actually got people becoming directors from the history of those choruses. So as choruses, do you ever work together or do you work together with some of the choruses that are, that are up and coming and trying to achieve the standards that, that, that you've now reached? Yeah, so I obviously coach and uh, I'm a judge as well. So I've recently worked with uh, Cheshire Chord Company and then when, so this weekend I went to their retreat and I've worked this year with uh, Cheshire Acapella who are Sweet Adeline's Chorus um, that was lower scoring and wanted some help. Um, so yeah, and when we went to Las Vegas, the mix was also going, and Joe and Andrea from Cheshire Chord sang with us, which was really nice. So to what extent do the men's choruses in the area work together? I asked Ian Ford, the chairman of Bolton's Cottontown Chorus. It could be done more. It could, there could be a lot more of that. And I, I know Babs, uh, I was at a recent chairman's meeting and uh, one of the things that came up was, is there a possibility that choruses could combine more? And maybe with the coaches that we get over from America, can we share them? Can we do more joint concerts? I wouldn't say there's a lot of contact between the, the choruses now though, as, as it is. The thing is, we haven't got time. <laughs> To, you know, for socials and that sort of thing, joint sing-outs, so, so, there just isn't the time, um, for us anyway. It's hard. And with so much effort and imagination going into the songs that they perform, maybe that's understandable. This is Cottontown's Meatloaf set from Babs' convention in 2014. 
They're still the only barbershop chorus I've ever seen to ride a motorbike across the stage as part of the choreography for a medley. behind barbershop choruses is the camaraderie of the chorus members and even though we are striving to become better and better choruses a better and better chorus all the time we never forget that friendly side to things and I think I moved from the south of England uh, and I remember the first time I went to a supermarket people started talking to me in the queue up here and down south no one talks to anybody but it, and and I, I thought excuse me do you know, do, do mind and, and and now of course I embrace it I love it um, and I think that's the strength so are there prizes that Cottontown Chorus would still like to achieve the former MD Mick Dargan reflects wryly on one award which always eluded them one of the things that still makes me chuckle a former chorus director at neighbouring Preston Simon Hilton that now directs Cambridge Chord Company still ribs me that his Red Rose Chorus are still Northern Champions because his chorus won the very last prelims and Northern Champions is something the Cottontown Chorus never gained and so he still has a sly dig at me. One day Simon will introduce Northern Prelims again and we'll try and win. A standing ovation for Cottontown Chorus bringing this 10th edition of Harmony UK podcast to a close. A huge thank you to everyone from Cottontown, Cheshire Court, Heartbeat, the Manchester University Barbershop Singers, the Rainy City Chorus, as well as Professor Caroline Bithell for taking time to talk about singing in Northwest England. Most of the songs that you heard are available to view on YouTube. Uh, some were recorded at rehearsal for the podcast, and a couple came from Cheshire Chord CD Here and Now, which is available to buy from the shop on their chorus website. My name's John Beasley, and if you have any thoughts or suggestions, or you spot any factual errors in any podcast, then I would love to hear from you. Tweet at Harmony UK Pod, uh, message me via the Harmony UK Podcast page on Facebook, or email HarmonyUKPod at gmail.com.
The next podcast will be out in November when we'll be at the European Barbershop Convention, which is taking place in Bournemouth alongside the annual gathering of the Ladies' Association of British Barbershop Singers. One not to miss. Until then, keep the whole world singing and thanks for listening.